in his temple. For in time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. And in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies around about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will Take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait. On the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that as we have uh, again returned to this psalm, Lord, I pray that you will again break off a morsel and feed us this evening. Lord, I pray that you'll Help us to align our hearts with the teachings of your word, that we may hear the words of David that helped him navigate troubled times. We give thanks to you, Lord, for all that you've done. I thank you for the visitors that were here this morning. I thank you for the conversations following after that. Lord, if there was anybody in the house, this house this morning or even this evening, Lord, I pray you do the work that you do, Lord, and save the sinner. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. On Wednesday night, we started looking at this psalm here, Psalm 27. It's a psalm about navigating in uncertain times of life. It's safe to say that we live in uncertain times. If you watch the news, it says that there are uncertain situations preparing to unfold. This morning after the morning services, someone came and asked to pray with them because they were preparing to face uncertain times in their job. If it isn't the job, if it isn't the news, it's in this world. I, even this morning, as I was preparing for Sunday morning worship, Gunfire riddled out in the streets. I phoned the police officers, the night called 911, hoping that whoever was involved would be okay. Two hours later, I received a message from dispatch that said, we have still not been able to investigate your incident due to a lack of patrol or due to a lack of whatever 
we deeply apologize. All that said to me is that when we're too busy to even investigate that kind of violence, it really lets us understand just how bad this nation is. How bad of a world we're living in. <clears throat> Here in this psalm, David begins to lay out, as we said on Wednesday night, he begins to recount about all the times that God had delivered him in troubles. Matter of fact, if you was just to roll through the troubles, David said he found himself in dark times. He found himself in a place where he needed rescue. He found himself in a place where he felt like the enemy was prevailing. He found himself in a place where he began to believe that the enemy was going to eat up his flesh. They had encamped a host of enemies, had encamped all around about him. But I really suppose that how David felt about all of these troubles that he was going to write down for us to read all of these years later, he really summarized how he made it through before he ever told you about the problem. We see that in the first three words, the Lord is. And this is what David is saying. When darkness came, the Lord is my light. When I needed salvation, the Lord is my salvation. When I needed rescue, the, the Lord is my rescuer. When I found myself weak in strength, the Lord is my strength. When they came to eat my flesh, the Lord is the one who caused my enemy to stumble and fall. And when I found myself where war was preparing to rise up against me, it was the Lord who brought this war to naught. The Lord is the one who brings his children through. I think it is safe to say that David had confidence in the Lord because he believed that the Lord is with him. Now, I think we could take the same approach to our own struggles in our life. The reason at times that we become so weak and frail and quit at times in service to the Lord is because we have forgotten the geographical location of the Lord. He is with us. Even more, he says here, and I even would say this, that your perspective on every issue that you face in your life is grounded by where you believe the Lord is. Even more, he says, I, I may believe that we would weather the storms of life better if we would just remember that the Lord is. He said after he had, after the psalmist had recounted about all that the Lord had brought him through, really, in verses 1, 2, and 3, he, he, it really began to change his heart. It began for him to have to cause in him to stir up an unwavering confidence in the Lord. It, it changed his heart and it brought him to a, a place of worship. And by the way, hear me now. Can, can we acknowledge this about David? At the time that David is writing this, this occurred to me. 
he was already promised the kingdom. At the time David wrote this, he was already promised that he would dwell as king over Israel in the palace. But yet, though God had promised David that the road to ending up in the palace, in the kingdom, was not an easy road. Can we relate to that? We have been promised that we will dwell with him in our heavenly kingdom. We will dwell with him in his kingdom. We have been promised that. John chapter 14 and verse 3 lets us know that he has gone to prepare a place for us. But I believe this evening that we could all testify that in the meantime, while the kingdom is waiting for us, where while the place that God has prepared for us is waiting for us, the road and the journey to get to the place that he has promised us has not been that easy. We have experienced some troubles along the way. Yes, we're just passing through, and but I can testify in my own life, and I rejoice in the place we're headed, but I can tell you just in my few short years of being saved and serving the Lord, this is not the journey that I actually envisioned. And by the way, David says, don't be confused. Don't be confused that, that it wasn't rough. It was rough. How rough was it, David? How rough was it your journey to this place that the Lord promised you? I mean, it couldn't have been that rough, David. I mean, he promised you you was going to get the kingdom. Did you actually think you wasn't going to make it? David says here, in verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now you can see there in verse 13, the, the translators italicized those three words, I had fainted. They had added this here for us to bring us to a place of better understanding of what David was trying to convey when he wrote this verse. David ain't saying that he had fainted. He's saying that I had almost fainted. I had almost found myself in a place where I slipped. This is language familiar to us as we read the Psalms. Psalms 119 in verse 92 says, I had almost perished in my affliction. David many times in his life was facing different battles that he was believing in his heart that he was absolutely not going to make it through. He didn't believe that he was going to come out on the other side of this, but he, he said these, I had almost fainted. It means I had almost Gave up. It almost got the best of me. I almost gave in. I almost collapsed. I almost sold out. But the Lord came through on my behalf. He is saying, don't think I, I, I'm still serving God because I 
haven't faced any problems. <laughs> Don't think I'm still serving God because I've never faced trials, because I've never faced difficulties. I've had my share, but his confession is the reason that he's still faithfully serving is because the Lord is the one who's brought him through. As we look around this building, I, I often find myself in a time of reflection. And I look around the building and I'm reminded of people who used to fill these pews and are not here today. And it's not because they're at another church or the Lord moved them to do this. It's just because along the way they had become so discouraged that they quit, that they fainted. When you, when you talk to them even more, they say, hey, you know what? This literally happened. I would still be serving the Lord if I had the life of brother so-and-so. I'd still be serving the Lord if I had the life of sister so-and-so. And when they make this statement, it is a foolish confession on their behalf that they believed if they was brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, that they, them people don't face any troubles or trials or struggles or afflictions in their life. The reality is, Warren Wearsby said, and we've heard this many times, that the Christian life is not a playground, but it is a battleground. Serving the Lord is, is not easy. But if we were to make a confession today that the reason that we are still serving the Lord is just like what David said here in verse number five, that I was, I was facing struggles and I, I found myself in a bad place, but the, the Lord set me upon a rock. The Lord is the one who's lifted mine head up above mine enemies. I thought about this and believe that, you know, if David was still alive today, he wouldn't be pacing back and forth wondering whether or not Hamas was going to win out or whether Islam was going to destroy Israel or not. I believe that if David was still today, he would say the Lord is. David's confession in his life, even in Psalm 121 in verse 4, is that the Lord who looketh over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. We just have to have confidence that the Lord is still working. We, have, we, we quickly in the world recognize when things get out of control, we just go to saying they're out of control. But really the confession is, is that they're just out of all control. <laughs> but our confession should always be in our hearts that we never are so foolish to say that it is out of his control. The Lord is the one who looks over us. Listen, battles change. People change. Problems change. Weight changes. All right? But the Lord never changes. He never changes. Even more, you know what I love about this psalm? He started with problems. He began to think about how the Lord delivered him. He began to burn with this overwhelming desire to turn to the Lord and worship. But recognize this, that even when you see in verse 13, he said, I had fainted. And I've always kind of skipped over this, didn't really connect this, unless I had believed. David didn't say, I had fainted unless I had 
seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I had almost fainted unless I had believed to see. David is saying not that I'm currently experiencing the goodness of the Lord, but I believe that the goodness of the Lord is yet to come. So what does this mean for us? I love that David, in the midst of all of these trials that he's facing in his life, I mean, these are real calamities. These are real troubles. But even in the midst of all these trials, verse number eight, the Lord said to David, when thou saidest, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. David had problems, but in the midst of, it's hard to care about natural disasters. It's hard to care about world battles when your life's a wreck. It's hard to see about war overseas when you've got a war in your home. David says here, in the midst of the wars that I was facing in my own personal life, the Lord was still calling David, seek my face. It was the reminder to David, even in the midst of your personal disaster, the Lord is beckoning us to seek his face. Though we do not have the answers, Though we don't have the answers, the Lord does. When we did our ordination service up here, uh, me, Daniel, and Jeremiah, as we were sitting up here, I will never forget. I can't even remember the question. But they asked the question, and I could not think of the answer. And as you remember, we was passing the microphone back and forth. When they asked the question, Daniel Pearson had the microphone. Me and Jeremiah both looked to the left like we wasn't going to see Daniel pass us the microphone. He was forced to fumble through the question. It was a hard one. There are questions in this life that get asked to us that we, we, we just fumble. We don't know the answer to. But do you see what the Lord has done here? In the midst of a disaster in David's life, when the enemies were encamped around him, when they wanted to eat up his flesh, when he didn't know the future, when he didn't understand the path in front of him, when he found himself in darkness, the Lord came to David and said, seek me. I have the answer. The Lord didn't turn away from David like we did to poor Daniel in that moment. He stared and beckoned his child, seek my face. David, you have problems? Yes. David, people want you dead? Yes. David, your life hangs in the balance? Yes. But in the midst of all of this, he heard the voice of the Lord saying, seek my face. Hear me now, David. I have a word for you, son. I have a word that will bring you through. I almost fainted. I had almost fainted. Unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When I felt like there was an end for me, I did see the goodness of the Lord in the aspect of he was calling me to seek his face. When I had almost faded, I seen that God was still working in the lives of his children. 
When I had almost fainted, I seen that God was still delivering his people. When I had almost fainted, I seen God's mighty hand. So, Lord, since my understanding of this world is just so limited, it's very limited, I need your help. So he goes on to say here, really in, in three parts, he says, uh, in verse number 11, teach me thy ways, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. He says, Lord, the first thing I need to do, I need your help in this area. And if we're honest, we all need his help in this area. I need you to teach me. I need you to show me. The, how the setbacks of the enemy in my spiritual life. I need you to teach me how these moments are going to come out on the other side for your glory. I'm going to need you to show me how to have the, the right perspective in troubles. I need you to teach me to have the right perspective in, in battles. I need to understand how to have the, the right focus. He's saying, if you're facing a, a child even this evening, if you're facing a trouble this evening, our, our petition to the Lord shouldn't be uh, in a focus of our trouble. Our petition to the Lord should be him to teach us the ways, his ways, so that we may be led through the trouble. Oftentimes we're consumed with the obstacle or the trouble because that's all we're looking at. David said, teach me thy way. Oh, Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. He asked the Lord to show him a way out of his mess. The psalmist says, when I'm, when I'm under pressure, I mean, when I'm, when I'm really up against a, a trial, when I'm really in a, in a struggle, when I'm really in a bind, the psalmist is confessing that in those moments when I'm under pressure, that's when I struggle to make the right decision. We can all probably understand that. Brother Bob will tell you it's either it's probably easier to hit a, a, a golf ball at a golf range than it is on the golf course. Seth will tell you it's easier to shoot threes in the driveway than when you're in the game. It's different. David says, Lord, I need you to help me. It's easy to say, teach me thy ways, O Lord, and lead me in the plain paths when you're not under pressure. But I need you to teach me when I'm under pressure. I need you to teach me to, the first thing I do is don't get up and get out and run. I need you to teach me to have the confidence to not move at all until you say, this is the direction in which you should go. Lord, teach me thy ways. Lead me in thy plain paths. Lead me in the plain path because of mine enemies. So he goes on and says, Lord, may I really, may I never panic so much that I don't pause long enough to see your path. Now, there was times David would say that his legs maybe felt shaky. There was times where he thought he was coming to an end, but right at that moment, he Seen, he believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, that word believed adds the thought of anticipation. It is to say this situation is bad, but I'm anticipating good. 
several years ago. It snowed here, and my wife convinced me that we should go to Mount Storm and let the kids go sledding. And that is exactly what we did. And you know, walking up that hill, I thought for sure that I was going to die. I mean, there was times that I stopped and breathed. Now, I stopped and breathed because the snowsuit was heavy, not because I'm heavy. But we was going up this hill, and I felt better that even Levi looked exhausted. I said, hey, you know, it's not me. But you know what kept me going forward up the hill was that I knew just in a few more steps, in a few more moments, that I was going to be able to get to the top of the hill and enjoy the wonderful moment with my son as we sledded down the hill and laughed and had a wonderful time. David said, I had fainted and lest I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. David said, the harder the battle got, the more he began to anticipate and believe how sweet it was going to be when the Lord finally intervened. He knew that on the other side of this mountain was going to be a sweet time with the Lord. He knew on the other side of this trouble, he was going to be fellowshipping with the Lord about how he again brought him through, how he again had this wonderful victory. He said, I, this is a bad situation and I've never been in anything like this, but I anticipate when you bring me out of this, it is going to be a wonderful time. It is going to be a sweet time with the Lord. Now, serving the Lord is a hard walk, but sometimes the road just gets so rough that we just have to bring ourselves to the conclusion that though we cannot see any good in the situation that we are in, that we have to step outside of the situation we're in and just confess that we're anticipating some good things down the road. We're anticipating God to, to do something in our lives. Finally, David says here in verse number 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, waiting on the Lord isn't a, a, a visa to be lazy. Waiting on the Lord doesn't mean that you don't get to, you're just going to sit here and do absolutely nothing in service for the Lord until you see a neon light in your bedroom at night that says, I want you to clean the church. You know, that's not waiting on the Lord. Here he says, wait on the Lord. I mean, it is to say that while you're waiting for the Lord to give you guidance, you still keep doing the same things that you're doing. You ever met somebody who says, I'm just waiting on the Lord. I, I want him to bless me. I asked him to bless me. But in the meantime, they don't go to church. In the meantime, they don't read their Bible. And in the meantime, they're not praying. That's not what this means. It means we wait on the Lord for guidance and we don't move without him. But in the meantime, we're praying Christians. In the meantime, we're reading Christians. And in the meantime, we're worshiping Christians. 
David said, when, when bloodthirsty foes were all around me, I waited on the Lord. When people were there to eat up my flesh, I waited on the Lord. When, when, when people sought to take my life, I waited on the Lord. And by the way, can we acknowledge something here about this? He said, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. I hope you see that. Wait on the Lord. And then he says, be of Good courage. David says that you're supposed to wait on the Lord, but you're supposed to wait on the Lord with the right attitude. There's nothing worse than being around people who profess the Lord as their Savior and could sour the whole Jordan River in one swipe. It's terrible. But he says here, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. It means you should have a good attitude. You should have a good confidence. When people walk up and say, how are you doing? You certain just burst out. Well, I've been waiting on the Lord to deal with this problem. I've been waiting on the Lord to deal with this affliction. I've been waiting on the Lord to pay this electric bill, but he ain't came through. That is not what this means. And if you need your electric bill, see Phil Green. But wait on the Lord and be of good courage. It means to be confident in the Lord. Even more, he says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. What David is driving home to us in closing of Psalms 27 is that if you will just trust the Lord, if you will realize that the Lord is still working, if you will just realize the Lord is still in control, and even when you don't see deliverance out of the trouble you're in, David says, get a future look. Anticipate that God is going to do something good. Not only, listen, I love this. Not when you get, I know oftentimes we say to ourselves when we're going through a trouble, when we're going through a trial, we say, well, it ain't always going to be like this. And it's not. I mean, I do long for the day where we see our Savior face to face. But David believes that. The Lord is going to do something good here. He said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. Where? In the land of the living. He believed the Lord was going to do something good here. He anticipated that, the God, that God was going to do something good right now in this world pertaining to his struggles. He had confidence in this. So he says even more, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. So while we're waiting for the Lord and looking forward with a forward look that God is going to do something with our problems, while we look at our problems with a confident and right attitude, while we wait on the Lord with good courage, he said, if you'll just wait and not speak ill and be of good courage, and trust me, I will strengthen you while you wait. So just wait on the Lord. But when there is no confidence in the Lord, when there's no confidence in who he is, when there's no confidence that the Lord is working, 
You know what that means in reverse, that there's no strength coming for the Lord because you have not taken courage in him. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't take courage in the Lord, that he won't help you. The Lord has pity upon his children. There, there is no doubt about that. But that is not the command of the Psalm's heart. He said, there is no trouble that you can face in your life, no problem that you can face in your life, no war that this nation can face where the Lord is not in control. So just wait. Be of good courage. Be confident. The Lord is working. And if we'll just have our confidence in him, he'll strengthen us until he arrives on the scene and delivers us from all of this. But in the meantime, let's not forget what we talked about on Wednesday night. You may be in a battle now, in this very moment, but don't ever forget about all the battles that he's already brought you through. Don't forget about all the victories you've already faced in your life. And when we think and ponder about all the victories he's brought us through, it should inspire in us a desire to worship our Lord because he alone is worthy. It was the Lord who's brought us through every step of the way, every time we've turned around. Take confidence in the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I give thanks to you for what you've done. I give thanks to you for your inexhaustible word that continues to feed from us line upon line, precept upon precept. Lord, we give great thanks to you for what you've done. We know that this, this nation, this, this, there's trouble in the streets. There's troubles in the heart of men. There's troubles in the heart of your believers, Lord. But Lord, may we take great confidence in you as we navigate through this life. Though we're promised the kingdom, we understand there's troubles. May we trust you along the way. In Jesus' name, amen.